This is COVID Connections on the Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Well, like once a week in COVID Connections, of course, we want to try and bring people together, help people out, help individuals or societies or industries out during this very tough time globally, not just here in Ireland. And during that time, of course, an industry which I was involved in, which was the hospitality industry, we've tried our best to try and help them out. And uh, they join me again today, Gordon Turner, who's uh, for Drive for Change, uh, representing musicians and the tech crews, the riggers, all those type of people who I'm sure we all miss going to gigs. Uh, we all miss seeing our musicians playing on stages or all across, even if it's in your small pub or it's in the tree arena, whatever it happens to be. Uh, good afternoon to you, Gordon. Uh, good afternoon. How are you doing? Well, Gordon, uh, look, we, we've spoken to the lads a good few times and I'm happy to try and support you and help you out in any way we can because the, the industry is on its knees, obviously. Absolutely, totally. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, was... can, I, can, I, can I just change... Um, it's not just the event crew, and because there are other companies, or other uh, groups that are uh, supporting their, our own, all our, but um, there are other people that we represent as well, which are florists, the wedding industry in general, um, self-employed people that are absolutely on their knees with this COVID. Oh, yeah, I, I, this is what I yep. try to talk about. There's a massive knock-on effect to this Absolutely. because you've got the cater- you've got the caterers, the people who Absolutely. supply yep. the portaloos. You've got yep. all like there's so many people involved in say putting yep. a gig together or a wedding together or whatever it happens to be. It's a massive mm-hmm. knock-on effect. Completely, um, and 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 they're all individuals. They're mm. all people that are paying their mortgages. I mean, one of your um, previous guests said about. Um, uh, you know, self-employed or in control of their own income. And uh, she actually, I think she said that we couldn't get jobs anywhere else. I'd actually say we, we actually create jobs. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes use our own finances mixed in with our business finances to keep those businesses afloat. And that's where the problem is arising now. People are in danger, danger of u- losing their own houses and everything that they've built up over the, over the last 20, 30 years of their business. Yeah, it's not like you can go out and be a bricklayer tomorrow. No. You know what I mean? This no, is no. your trade. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, there's a big, big thing made about, about retraining. If, if I'm 32 years in the music, I'll use the music industry because that's where I come from. Yeah. Um, I'm 32 years in this business. If I retrain in the morning, I'm 48. If I retrain in the morning, it's going to be two or three years to, to get of a, of a course even get to, to the income that I'm at at the moment. And then all of a sudden I'm in my 50s trying to come into a, a, an industry that I don't know and, and trying to compete with people that are coming are 20, 30 years younger than me. And have a lot more experience than you do, probably, yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I know I'm this was, a, I can't remember actually who suggested this. Uh, it could have been Regina Doherty. I can't remember who it was going back a little bit, a little while ago because I spoke to Luanne Parle. We had her on the show and she was quite insulted by the fact that one of the absolutely. ministers had suggested that you retrain and just do something else. And Look, it's quite uh, insulting, really, isn't it? It's insulting. Look, now, I know she minister, did roll back on that a bit and said she exactly, said it was out, yeah. taken out of context, yeah. And, 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 and look, you know, it's very easy to roll back on something. Uh, nobody really knows the true meaning as it was coming out of her mouth. But, look, I, I, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to accept that she didn't mean this particular industry. But if it's oh, sorry, it was, industry, he- it was actually Heather Humphreys, just to clarify. Heather so, Humphreys, yeah. 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 If, 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 if it was, like, that's our industry today. It could be somebody else's industry tomorrow that, she, that they roll back on. You know, that kind of way. Mm. So... Uh, look, I, I'll take I'll take her at her word. I'm, I'm perfectly 
willing to accept uh, apologies and and pe- take people at their word. But it's 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 not just this. Well, okay, so I what mean, what can we do? Because what can the government do now? We're looking at other countries around Europe, for example, and right. I, I mentioned Sweden the other day, and other countries are now encouraging larger larger assemblies of people outdoor. They're gone mm-hmm. from fifty to five hundred. Uh, there is obviously the big gig in England there, where they had the podiums and they had people, and they're experimenting with outdoor events again. I mean. Where do you see, do you think we will be back to having, you know, outdoor events, maybe three arena or weddings, you know, in full with 120 or 150 people? Do you think we'll be back to that by Christmas? You, what's your prediction, your personal um, prediction? I, my personal prediction, I, I can't see it happening. But initially, the government has to engage with, with the industry. Um, there's a, there's a, a much bigger organization than us uh, uh, formed and amalgamated there during the week. And even they're being excluded. Well, the arts, well, the arts committee have proposed to the government that we bring back events, but with no alcohol, for example, and, and levels of social distancing. But uh, that's well and good, that, I suppose, for the smaller yeah, that's events. A, that's, well, it's a smaller event and some of the possibly bigger events. But, but the grassroots um, membership um, are very much attached to and connected to um, pubs, weddings, uh, functions where social functions where alcohol is a part of it. I'm not, I'm not going to make any, uh, like, I, I'm not a medical expert, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's reasons that they're, they're coming up with that they're not divulging to us. Um, I, I, I understand that with alcohol, you know, people well, it's get it's a social excited. lubricant, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a social lubricant. Um, and I understand that completely. But, I mean, pubs and restaurants, you know, have, have dealt with this over the years. And, and you know, most of them quite responsibly as well, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, I mean, the one industry, and I, I'm not flying the flag for anyone but our own, um, the, the, the pub industry, the wet bars have been closed. They have abs- had absolutely zero um, COVID-related spikes, and yet they're still closed. There was, I think according to Leo Radcliffe yesterday, there had, there's been one cluster in a restaurant, and that was, a bit, yeah. that was it. And, you know, and, and by the way, that's bound to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, okay, but but okay. So you guys are basically going to be protesting uh, on the return um, yeah. of the doll on the seventeenth of September. Um, now you want to do this responsibly. You don't want to be yeah. all there, you know, shoulder to shoulder with placards shouting and roaring. No, okay, so, absolutely not. Okay, so the way, how are you? How are you? You're, you're asking people to help to support you on the seventeenth of September. What time is it? On the sixteenth. Sixteenth. Oh, sixteenth. Oh, sorry, I do apologize. Yes. Yeah. Um, basically, what we want to do is we want to highlight individuals. We want um, businesses and uh, individuals, sole traders, self-employed, preferably with sign-writers uh, vans, uh, right. so that we can shine a spotlight on the individuals. We do absolutely hold to the belief that people should do this responsibly. Um, and that's why we're doing a drive. Um, we're, so you we're want people to stay in their cars? Yeah. Yes, you're creating your own bubble. There is zero uh, risk of uh, catching COVID, uh, coronavirus, or or passing it on to anybody else if you stay in your own van. Yeah, it's 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 the responsibility aspect of this. It's it's not a protest. We're making a statement. We're we're highlighting to the government that we're here. We exist. There are massive companies that have more money than we have, and we're running the risk of getting lost. Um. Like that lady, Bernadette, before me there. Yes, yeah. I mean, she's totally forgotten. Um, a lot of us are being totally forgotten. And on, on the 17th of September, 
16th. Yeah, but on the 17th of September, we're going to be forgotten even more because most of our members are going to lose 15%. Of the pandemic payment, yes. We want a longer-term solution to this, and we want the industry to come back slowly and safely. But the fact of the matter is, from the 15th of September, or 17th of September, my apologies, um, people are now going to be 15% less off People that were already... Okay, so, I, so I, I'm assuming you want that payment kept the way it is, but you also want the government to take into consideration your industry and put a plan together to reopen your industry at some point, industry. rather than just leaving it on the long finger so we deal with everything else. They're not engaging. They're yeah. just not engaging. Okay. No, I, I get mean, I get it. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but look, if people want to support you, and I'm sorry I don't want to rush you off the air, but obviously we're limited time, but if people want to support you, they can get out there in their cars on the 16th of September. You're going to be driving up to government buildings. Please, everyone, stay in your vehicles. HSE guidelines are strictly adhered to. Mask wearing if you need to do that. Hand sanitization if you're stopping off for fuel on the way, you know, or a break on the way. But please comply with the, the regulations because you don't want this to be hypocrisy in any way. So... Yeah. G- Get into your car, stay in your car, beep your horn, toot your horn, whatever it is you're going to be doing. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think I think people will take notice. And and I wish you well with it, Gordon. I really do. Thank you very much, Mike. All right. We okay. That. It's called The Drive for Change. If you want to go online there, you can get more information from it, by the way. And they have an email address as well, driveforchange2020 at gmail.com if you want more information. Or if you just do a hashtag, uh, are we in this together is the hashtag. Now, by the way, people have, speaking of forgotten people, uh, Malachi Steenson solicitor joins me on the air as well. Malachi, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Mark. A lot of the forgotten people are those who had court cases, divorces, separations, domestic violence, um, barring orders, all that kind of stuff. A lot of stuff has been upset by the courts and the fact that the courts closed for a period of time and only hearing emergency cases. So what's the situation if somebody, you know, had a date for a divorce or a separation and now obviously it was cancelled during the COVID? Where do they go to now? Well, firstly, um, it's not just the the family law um, courts, but right through the court system, there is... um, they're shut down effectively since uh, March, and they've only been dealing with, with emergency cases right through the whole court system. Um, <clears throat> in relation to family law, the only applications that were being given dates were district court applications for mainly the domestic violence mm-hmm. or during the forced lockdown um, breaches of access because of COVID. Okay. But that, that kind of has been dropped now since the, the end of July. Now, a lot of stuff was adjourned into September in the district court. So there are huge backlogs now. Um, and in Dolphin, Dolphin House, which is the main clearinghouse, uh, the main court for the, the Dublin, Dublin, for the Dublin area, yeah. Yeah. Um, now you do have Swords and, Bal- and um, Balbriggan and um, Blanchestown as well. But a lot of cases have been adjourned into September. So the lists are clogged and they're reducing the number of courts, in fact. To, to two courts, I think, rather than four. So you're going to have, going forward now at the minute, cases which are listed and people may think they have a date, and those dates are going to be pushed further and further out. The only applications that can reality that have been are domestic violence. And we see from media reports that there's been a huge increase in, in those cases. And have you seen have you seen an increase, Maliki? You know, with your clients would say an increase in safety orders, protection orders, barring orders. Have you seen an increase in that? There has been an increase in applications, and there has been an increase in the granting of protection orders, particularly. Um, now, whether all of those should have been whether I'm trying to phrase this correctly so that people don't get too upset. Many of those applications should have never seen the, the door of a court. 
Right, okay. And in normal circumstances wouldn't have. There's certainly... And the reality is if people get a protection order, if, and I'll just take a woman getting a protection order against a man, which is the general gist, but now there tends to be, I suppose, um, once one person applies, once a man or the woman applies, then the other party applies, so you have joint protection orders. Right, okay. But the reality so one is, is applying out of, I suppose, revenge for the other one reply, <laughs> applying for the first one. Yeah, okay, yeah, but, but, okay for yeah. those, let's say for those who don't know where they stand at the moment, who may have had their dates cancelled uh, due to the COVID or postponed due to the COVID. I mean, what's the next step? They need to obviously get onto their solicitor and apply for another date. Are those who are, you know, applying for, you know, I don't know, case progression in separation and divorce or whatever it is, they're unlikely to get a date this year at all, are they? Well, well, there's two separate systems. So if we deal with the district court system first, the, the court services will write to the applicant and the respondent. <clears throat> they won't write to the solicitor because generally the solicitor is not on record in the same way as he would be in the circuit court, for instance. Yeah. So, so the courts will write to you and tell you what, when your case is on, and they will give you a specific time now. Rather than everybody arriving at half ten, you'll be told your case is at half ten, eleven half 11 or whatever um, and you should turn up then at that time you should obviously contact your solicitor and tell him yeah um, because he'll have no way of knowing until you tell him oh right okay because um, the court's not contacting but, him okay. yeah they don't but yeah now cases may have been adjourned to a date when they have already been in and you know but them dates that came up in March and April and May just kind of got thrown into the, the never never right okay um, so people need to to See where they're going. They're, they're, but I mean, there was already a massive delay. I mean, Maliki. I mean, people are saying somebody texted already there to say they've already been waiting years to get a separation. There's already been a massive delay in getting into court in this country for separation of divorces. This is only going to put it forward another year or two now for everybody, isn't it? Well, this is going. This is going to slow it down further. And um, the average waiting time to get a, a, a maintenance um, or an access application before the district court in Dublin is probably three to four months. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, people should be able to start out, get their affairs started in a much quicker way. In a reasonable time, yeah. Yeah, two to three weeks should be reasonable. Well, I mean, okay, there's always been a problem there anyway. So what is the problem? Do we just need more courts, family law courts? Do we need more dedicated family law courts? Well, in Dublin, we do have dedicated family law courts. We need more courts. We need more judges. And I know if the the government appoints more judges, then there'll be uproar because people will start saying, um, oh, look at all these highly paid people and all of this nonsense. Well, in fact... Any judge taking a judicial position is taking a drop in salary. Now, I know people might like to hear that, but that's the reality. And most of them do it um, because they have a commitment to whatever area of law, perhaps, that they want to to practice in or whatever. Because what we're increasingly having now is judges who who are staying as, for instance, family law judges. Um, And that's something. I'm not sure, personally, if that's necessarily a good idea. Okay. Because I think you've been... You can become immune. Yeah, but the, yeah, but the problem in having, I mean, with the district court, the problem is, you know, say the district court sits on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, from half two to half four, whatever it is, you know, in your local district court. And then, you know, 20 minutes earlier, they've just been listening to Johnny Scumbag who stabbed somebody in the town and, you know, and is in with handcuffs on him and he's going and it's a 70 to the third conviction or something. And then all of a sudden you're brought in with your missus to deal with a family law situation. It's, a, it's wrong, isn't it, when you've got a judge dealing with so many different aspects of life? Well, judges are human and all people and most solicitors deal with every aspect of life. So I, I don't see a difficulty in that. But the problem in, in judges just dealing with family law is 
most stories are the same. And, you know, sometimes perhaps judges don't see the wood for the trees. So they're not looking at the they're not looking at the human aspect of it and how it's affecting people's lives, I suppose. Yeah. No, many many protection orders and, and safety orders particularly are given out to ensure that somebody everybody is ensured that they're not getting sued down the road. Yeah, so if it's something does happen. Yeah, it's on the so side of caution, of course. Yeah. But I can yeah. under, I can understand that because the judge doesn't know the situation, so it's best he just give the order anyway. But certainly one aspect that should should be that needs to be looked at urgently is that the same judge who hears your case today in a family law matter should be the same case who deals with it next month, rather than it being pick and mix, you know, particularly in Dublin, you don't know what you're Yeah, because you're get. explaining the story over and over again. It's like when you're a company online and you're being put on hold and you're explaining to three different people your same story, uh, you know, it becomes complicated. And I completely agree with you. So Yeah, and they, are, they may take a different view and different judges will through human nature will emphasise different things or have a different view on access than, than another judge. Okay, but in relation to COVID-19, would you say the damage that's been done to the system, which was already at breaking point, would you say the damage has been bad or catastrophic? I'd say catastrophic. Okay. And I think that people, this time next year, cases which are listed, which are, in a legal sense, very minor matters, but in people's lives, they're very important. Well, it can have a catastrophic emotional effect on somebody who's been waiting three or four years for, say, a separation or divorce or whatever it happens to be, and they've got a date and they have an end game, an end target, so to speak, to get on with their lives, and now they're being pushed forward six or seven or months or a year, possibly. Well, the difficulty with, with divorces and, and judicial separations and that is now that the cases are being confined to two hours. Whereas before so, they'd been given a whole day. Well, you would say this case is going to take a day or two. And when people talk about a day, I mean, a court day is two hours in the morning and two hours in the afternoon because there's other matters that the court has to deal with. You know, when you get a day, it doesn't mean you get from nine to ten. To so so to now five, they're expected know. to deal with the same emotional upset and the, the same, and to understand, I suppose, the story when you have two people in a courtroom explaining their side of the story. The court or the judge is now expected to understand and have an understanding of that in the space of two hours, which is not a long time when you're talking about the whole of somebody's life. Well, the only cases that can be dealt with in two hours are cases where there is no contentious issues, where, for instance, there's no issue in relation to access. There's no issue in relation to the actual divorce, where the financial matters have more or less, are more or less straightforward. And being and resolved. Really, and re- Yes, and really maybe the only issue that needs to be determined is the division, if there's a house to be sold, when that's to be sold and how that's to be divided. Right, and ultimately, okay. and ultimately, in most of us, that is the only issue. Right, okay. Okay, look, it's going to be a problem for most people. Look, listen, Malachi, thank you very much indeed for coming on the air today. And I, Thanks, I, I appreciate it. I know family law is going to be a huge emotional issue for a lot of people during COVID-19. That's Malachi Steenson, family law uh, solicitor. Uh, now, oh yes, before we do that, I have to do this. COVID Connections on the Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.